summary of the Sikha. After the beginning of the Parsha Kairach, which talks about the polemic, that uh, argument that Kairach conducted against Aram being the Kayan Godel, and he wanted to be the Kayan Godel, the Torah the then goes on to tell us about the Matnois Kahuna, the gifts that Hashem said that the Yidin should give to the Kayanim. There are 24 in all. And that's written right after the story of Kairach. So the question is asked, what's the connection between the two? So the Sifri says, and Rashi quotes it, that after Kairach came and uh, created a polemic against the Kuhuna, Hashem said that I am going to make official, I'm going to sign, seal, and deliver, so to speak, the uh, legitimacy of Aaron's Kuhuna by giving him these 24, by giving the Kayanim the 24 gifts. So that makes sense. That explains why the Matnas Kahuna are come right after the Machlekes Kairach. But it also brings the story, the uh, Indian of Meiser, the, the tithing, the ten percent that goes to the Leviim is also written there. So what's that? What connection does that have with Machlekes Kairach? Because he wasn't he wasn't arguing against the Leviim being having their status because he himself was a Levi. He was one of the most uh, influential Levim. He was one of the most meyuchosim of the Levim. So he was, certainly wasn't arguing against that. So why was there a need for the Meiser to be mentioned at this time? So one might want to answer that uh, perhaps that's the reason because one might have thought that because the Levim caused this whole polemic, or some of the Levim actually caused this whole polemic against Aaron, so maybe they were demoted and Hashem took away their status and therefore they, should, they were taken down from their status as Levim. So the Torah says, no, they will, the Levim, still get their Meiser. It, it's necessary to say it for that reason. But it doesn't seem that the, the, the way the Torah tells about the Matnus Kahuna and the Leviya are not two opposites. That would mean that it's two opposites. But the Kayanim, wanted to reinforce that they are that they are the legitimate Kayanim. And by the Leviyim, he has to say that even though they may, may not deserve it, you might think that they don't deserve it, I'm still giving it to them. But it doesn't seem that it's, uh, that it's presented that way, so it's difficult to say that's the explanation. And another thing is that since everything in Torah is so, so specific, it's, it's not likely that the, the response to Machleikas Kairach that the Kayanim will get their 24 gifts is just a general theme. In other words, they, he, wanted to, he wanted to undermine the Kayanim, so I'm going to strengthen them by these Matanas. In Torah, everything is much more specific. If, there is, if the, the Matnas Kahuna were given in response to the Machlegas of Kairach, it must be a direct response to what Kairach was saying. So we have to understand what does the Matnas Kahuna have to do with what Kairach was trying to say. So the Naya Melamelech says that what, when it says Vayikach Kairach, which means Kairach took, Kairach took to himself a group, and the Targum says that the, he interprets the word Vayikach, he took the Ispalag, which means he broke away, he split away. So the Naya Melamelech says that this is similar to the idea of the Hevdel, the uh, splitting of the upper and the water lower. Uh, upper and lower waters what Kairach was trying to say he wanted to make a divide between the upper, the holy 
and the mundane and the ordinary. He wanted to keep those two separate. What he was saying was that a Karyan is meant to be removed from the people. Vayavdel Aaron Lagdish Hashem separated away Aaron to uh, sanctify him, Kaidish Kadoshim, as the holy of holies, him and his sons. And Kayin Gadol for sure, that has to be, he's not allowed to leave the Beis Amigdash in a time of Aveda. Therefore, he said, Aaron should be on a pedestal. The Kayinim should be on a pedestal. They should be in an ivory tower and not connected. They shouldn't have any influence on the people. They shouldn't have any interaction with the ordinary people. In other words, the Kayinim are meant to be involved in, in spiritual matters. The people, they have to transform the physical and the mundane and so on. That's their job. But the Kayinim shouldn't be involved with that. Which explains also why there is a, a seeming contradiction in the words of Kairach because he says why do you raise yourself above the people but Kairach himself wanted to be a Kayin Gadol he wanted to raise himself above the people so what is he saying to Aaron why are you raising yourself but this explains it because he was saying when you raise yourself you shouldn't be Al-Kahal Hashem. You shouldn't be trying to influence the Kahal Hashem to elevate them w- along with you, to raise them up together with you. You have to be elevated. They have to be working with the mundane. He wanted to conduct the Kuhuna Gedeila in the way that he saw fit. He'll be up in the ivory tower and the people will deal with their own uh, Aved. In fact, we find in Kedusha such such an approach as well we know that Shammai was very removed and he couldn't get down to the people, to especially to people that asked uh, provocative questions and he pushed them away he rejected them so also Rajbi he, Rajbi and his son when they, were in the, when they were in the cave for 13 years so they completely divorced themselves from anything physical and, and uh, mundane even when they came out of the cave and they saw people working on their fields, they were so upset that Rabbi Loza, whatever he looked at, got burnt. And it took Rashbi to heal it, to bring it back to, you know, to undo the damage. But we see that Rabbi Loza did reject being involved in ordinary things. So in Kedusha we find such a thing. And that's why the response to Kairach's polemic was that Hashem said, instead of the Kayinim being removed from the people, I will show that they need to become involved with the people. They will receive 24 gifts from the people, which means it brings them closer to the people. They will elevate. The Yidin will have an opportunity to take some of their wealth and elevate it by, through giving it to the Kayinim. So then the question could be asked, so then why isn't the response to Kairach that the Yidin should give of their wealth to something that should become completely sanctified, like a carbon, or give it to the Beis Hamikdash, which which means that it becomes completely sanctified. Why were they told to give Matnas Kohuna, which only some of them are actually sanctified, some of them are remain ordinary chulin, they they don't rise to the level of sanctity. Yet that was chosen that they should uh, that should be the response to Kairach's problem. Not that it should become completely sanctified like a carbon or hectish. Why would that be? So the Rebbe introduces it by focusing on the fact that Gimel Tammuz always comes out in, during the week of Kairach, sometimes on Shabbos Kairach, Parsha Kairach. 
And we know that the Shalosh says that every Yom Tov that occurs in a, a certain week, it means that the Parsha has a connection to that Yom Tov as well. Somewhere in the Parsha you can see the connection to the Yom Tov. What's the connection between Gimel Tamas, which is the day at that time when the Frida Gerebbe was released from prison, but he was sent to Golos. So at least he was released from prison, even though he wasn't given complete freedom until Yud Beis Tamas. Which can be explained this way. Kairach was saying, sure, the, the Kayan Gadol should be elevated and holy and removed and so on. But his problem was why the Kayan Gadol is trying to influence the other Yidin. Why is he trying to raise up the other Yidin to such a level as well? That was his problem. And in fact, if we look at the story of Gimel Tamas, of the arrest of the Friedrich Rebbe, it was a very similar thing. They were not, they didn't have a problem with the Friedrich Rebbe practicing Yiddishkeit on his own that he should daven, he should do whatever he needs the problem that they said was that he's trying to influence other Jews he's trying to bring Yiddishkeit across the country to all the Yidden in the country that they objected to and that's why they arrested him so when he was given freedom on Gimel Tamas and released from prison that was in a way them acknowledging that they have to allow him to do what, he need, what he's doing in other words that he's correct in what he's doing just like Hashem, through the Matnas Kahuna, said that what Aram was doing was the right thing and that the, and the Kairach was wrong. However, we see that the Gimel Tamas redemption was not a full redemption yet. It was only a partial redemption. It was still, still sent to Golis. So there must be a connection between that half measure. The fact that the Friedrich Rebbe was only released partially with the story of Kairach and the response of Hashem to Kairach's polemic by giving the Matnas Kuhuna. So we have to understand how does Gimel Tamas specifically relate to this story of Kairach and the response. So to understand this, let's take a closer look at the Matnas Kuhuna. We know that the Matnas Kuhuna, they, it's not that he gives away everything that he has to the Kayin. He gives a small portion of what he has to the Kayin. Of, you know, different, di- different types and different means by which he shares small amounts of what he has. So yet, yes, there is a minimum shear for most things, a minimum amount that he has to give, but there is also a maximum amount. You're not allowed to give everything away. You have to leave some for yourself. That is a, a halacha in the laws of giving of your wealth. The Rambam says that one should not, is not allowed to give more than 20%. It's improper to give more than 20%, says the Rambam. So why is there a maximum amount that you're allowed to give? What's the reason for that? So Chassidus explains that the difference between a Kayan and a Levi is a Kayan is a Isha Chesed, a Levi functions in the idea of Gvura. What is the difference between Gvura and Chesed in Avaida? Chesed means that things are given from top down. Hashem bestows upon us in His great kindness things which we don't deserve and are beyond us, they're higher than us, and so on. Gvura means that you have to reach it on your own. You have to mine your own um, abilities in order to be able to raise yourself up to a higher level. In other words, Chesed represents Shuv, that Hashem gives and the person remains in the world, connected to the world. Gvura means a person strives and, and attempts to elevate himself from the world. The idea of Ratsui, striving to go upwards. In other words, that Kairach was of the opinion 
that a person is unable to become godly. A person can't become godly. We're limited. We're in a body. You can't become godly. What you have to do is strive to tear yourself away from your lowly existence, from being connected to the physical, and to strive to become holy and exalted and removed from the world. That's the only way to become godly. Aaron said, no, we have to take the godliness that I have. Aaron was connected directly to Hashem. And he said, I will bring that holiness down to the Eden where they are, in the current condition that they are. That's where I want to bring that holiness to. And in that way, Aaron wants to bring holiness to, holiness to the people that even when they are in their human, in their humanness, in their ordinary humanness, in your own life in the things that you do the things that you eat, you sleep there a person has to become holy and godly and also do it for the sake of Hashem and that's why the response to Kairach's polemic was not that a yid should give a carbon which means that he should elevate give something away completely until it becomes totally holy that would have been, that would have been playing into Kairach's way of seeing how to transform something to holiness the correct response is that you take from your wealth and you give a small part of it to the Kayan you elevate some part of it but you re- the rest of it remains with you the rest of it remains ordinary and for your own personal use and there you need to find a way to serve Hashem with the ordinary mundane wealth which Hashem has bestowed upon you However, the Matnas Kuhuna do not yet fully express this idea, this point, because Matnas Kuhuna, for the most part, are things which become the Kayans even before the Yid separates them. In other words, they are inherently, they belong inherently to the Kayan, which means they have a certain holiness from the get go, from the start. That's, but when you look at Meiser, Meiser is completely chulin. It was always chulin. It just has to be given to the Levi, and it remains chulin even after you give it to the Levi. It started as chulin. In other words, something totally mundane and remains mundane, and still that's how you were able to serve Hashem. That's the way Hashem wants to be served. And that's why Meiser is also included in this response to Kairach's polemic. However, one could even say that Meiser is also the reason that it is important is because it became a mitzvah. With this you performed a mitzvah. So therefore, what about the stuff that remains with the Yid? Stuff that doesn't rise to the level of a mitzvah at all. Can you serve Hashem with that? That's why the Torah says that you, ha- you can't give everything in Meiser. You have to leave some for yourself. You have to leave an important part of it for yourself because you need to serve Hashem with that wealth which hasn't even become a mitzvah. It's something that you're going to use for ordinary non-mitzvah type of activity and even there you need to serve Hashem with that. That's why there is a maximum amount that you're allowed to give. You're meant to keep some for yourself because you need to serve Hashem with that which remains yours. And that's the meaning, the inner meaning of HaTayra Chos Al-Mamayinu Yisrael that the Torah is concerned about the money that belongs to a Yid, which in the ordinary means that Hashem doesn't want a Yid, it doesn't want to waste Jewish money. 
but in the, the more inner meaning of it is that Hashem is concerned, meaning to say there is a mission for the money that is the personal wealth of a Yid. He needs to serve Hashem with that too. That also is a concern. These three levels that we just mentioned, which is Kachim, sanctified like Karbonus and, and Hektish, and then there is Matnus Kahuna and Meiser, which are used in a semi-holy way some of them are holy, some of them are not but they are used in a mitzvah and then the third level which is the personal wealth of a yid that has to be used to serve Hashem in, their pers- in your personal life these three levels can also be seen in the way what Chassidus says what's called the yichud of Havaya which means what we, the way we see it from below and rise upwards the yichud, the, the unity of Hashem as it seemed from above downwards, and then the combination when these two, the yichud, the yilov, come together and become one, meaning yichud, the achdus of Hashem, as we see it mumata means that even after Hashem created the world the world doesn't have any real meaning the only real meaning is spirituality. Atzilus, that's a real world. There you have true meaning of a lakus. And this world is meaningless. It's worthless. It's all totally bottled to it. It has no real value. Which leads a person to want to separate himself, to escape this world. Ratsui, to, to get away from here, to submerge ourselves in holiness, in Atzilus, try to reach for the stars, for the, for the higher spheres. The second level is Havaya Echad, as it comes from above down, means that Hashem created the world and then He uh, He infiltrates the world. He inserts Himself in the world. He's mislabish in the world. He animates the world. He makes the world valuable because He is there. He puts Himself into the world. In other words, the world does exist, but its real meaning is that Hashem is found within the world. What does that lead to? That a person should engage the world. We, do, we are meant to engage the world. It is valuable, but it's valuable because Hashem is in that world. So it's a godly, you're trying to connect to the godly within the world. When you bring to those two levels together, the unity, the merging of the two, what it becomes is that the physical itself takes on importance as well that engaging the physical in itself has an importance because it is, its real existence is God, godliness. Not that God has to infiltrate it as something separate from it, but that the physical itself is an expression of godliness and that is valuable unto itself. In a sense that you can serve Hashem with the physical itself. And this could explain why it's dafke in Gimel Tammuz that, that is the response to the Kairach polemic. Yudbeis Tammuz was a time when, the, when the, uh, the Russians released, the Soviets released the Friedrich Rebbe completely. He was free to go. So that doesn't yet bring out that the Tachtoinim, as they are in their state of Tachtoinim, agreed that the Friedrich Rebbe can continue doing his work because he was no longer in their control. He was no longer in the domain of the Tachtoinim. He had been completely freed. 
Dafke when by Gimel Tamuz, when they only released him partially, they released him from prison, but they still kept him under his, their control by making him go to, to Golos. And when they were in that state, that they were still in their state of Tachtainim, yet they had to admit and agree that the Friediger Rebbe was justified in doing the Avedah that he needs to do, how do we know that it was ju- he was justified, that they agreed? Because they released him. That brings out that even the Tachtainim in the, themselves, in the state of Tachtainim, also can become elevated. And this can be seen also in the words that the Friediger Rebbe shared with us when he was released from prison and he was going to Golis. He said, Yehi Hashem Alekeinu Imanu, Kashahoyim Abiseinu, May Hashem, Hashem Alekeinu, Hashavaya, our God, be with us, just like it was with our forefathers. Al Yazveinu Vayitreinu, He shall not abandon us. Hashem is Baruch Zolzayim Uns, Hashem should be with us, and He will be with us, Kasher just like he was with our forefathers, even though we are not, we cannot compare ourselves to our forefathers, which were true Balamisirus Nefesh, but Poyal Mamesh, for Torah and Mitzvahs. That's what he said. So this is what he meant to say by that. He wanted to bring about that the Geula that he experienced should also become the Geula of all Yidin. Even those Yidin, as he said, that their only redeeming value is that they are called Yidin. They don't behave as Yidin, they don't act as Yidin, they don't live as Yidin, but they have the name Yidin. So even they should be elevated. That's why he said, Yehi Hashem Imanu, and he added, even though we are not like Avesenu, we're not like our forefathers, meaning to say that there are such Yidin which are not to be compared to their forefathers. They don't carry on the tradition of their forefathers. They too should Hashem should be with them just like he was with our forefathers. Now that we understand that he wanted to include all Yidin into the into his Geula, so that's why he said, even though we are not like Avasena, because he was he meant to refer to what is said in the Medrash that Shloim has said before Hashem, a king that hires workers and they do their job well and he pays them. Why is that praiseworthy of the king? If they did their job well, of course he pays them. What is praiseworthy? When he hires workers that are not, not good, they're not good workers, they don't do a good job, and they're not doing their work, and he, yet he gives them, rewards them. That is a great, that's a great uh, praise for the king. As the Pasuk says, In other words, that the Friedrich Rebbe was referring to this, he wanted to also include even those who were bad workers, the people that were not doing what they should be doing. They too should be elevated. That's why I mentioned these words. So this too can be divided into those th- same three levels. You have Havaya becomes a Lekenu. We know that Havaya, which is transcendent to the world, should become a Lekenu, our God, the God of the world, and our God that we relate to him, that he is part of us. That means to say that what is the value of a person? The fact that Hashem is part of him. Just like we said, there is that it's pure Kedusha. We only relate to the Kedusha within it. Then there is that Havaya Lekena becomes Imanu. He becomes part of us. In other words, as we said before, the, the creation itself has elements of godliness in it. And that's what gives it its value. So that's already a different level. The second level that we talked about. 
Then there is the third level, which is Al Yazvena Val Yachenu shall not abandon us, which means that even those Yidin which are Tachtainim, and they remain Tachtainim, and they have no value, they are what's called the bad workers, the people that don't follow, even they should have the idea of Geula, should also be elevated, and they also can become part of it. They could also be elevated to holiness, they could also be imbued with holiness. That's what the Friedrich Rebbe was saying. And that even they can become godly. And this is indeed what had the effect on even those people that they had to acknowledge that the Friedrich Rebbe has the right to do what he needs to do. And this is the lesson to us that we too should never be um, nispal. We shouldn't be overwhelmed. We shouldn't be affected by what's going on around us. Everything in the world to the lowest of the lowest tachtainim is actually, could be connected to Elokos, is connected to Elokos, and we can bring it out.